Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to another Crypto Maniacs podcast. I promise, though, we will rebrand this to the Hive Maniacs one day. It will be. I don't know why we talk Crypto Maniacs. We never talk crypto, like ever. Like you know, it's just it's just Hive. We're we're fanboys. Chills. I, I, I suggest we call it the Bitcoin pricing maniacs, and we'll yes. just talk Bitcoin price for the next year. Yes, when moon, dear sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined uh, once again by the legend himself, uh, Mr. Matt Starkers, uh, w- with his sunglasses on. He said he wanted to fit in with Task and, you know, kind of like, you know, be a little, not as cool as Task, but you're you're there, man. You're all getting there. You know, you just got to shave your head. So. I've got, I can't, I just don't feel comfortable on this stream without having a pair of sunglasses on. It's like every time I see Matt on, on, on video there, I just look at that beard and I'm just so jealous. It's like I couldn't grow that in a million years. I couldn't even paint one on that looks that good. It, it It's just I, – I bet he could do his easy top beard, uh, John. Don't don't you think he could oh, get it? Oh, grow it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's asking. I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel like after it gets to about this length, I can't stop fiddling with it. And I know I look a bit weird in public, you know. Not that I don't look weird enough already as it is, but – yeah, if I got ZZ Top going, I'd be walking around like this going, ooh, yeah, I think this is a very good idea. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're blessed that that we have Matt this week. And actually, we, we, we decided to do something because John and I both feel that Speak Network is such an important part going forward to Hive. We're actually doing two sessions. This session will give an overview of Speak. Matt will tell us what they went through this year, give a kind of a recap. And then he's agreed to join us next week to give the roadmap, the plan ahead, and and tell us all the exciting stuff about the future of Speak and how this is really going to enhance the uh, Hive ecosystem and a lot of things they've been involved with. Anybody who is on CTT like me each week, although I did miss this week uh, because of the holidays. Um, but these guys talk about it, Dan and, and Matt talk about it all the time and what they're doing. So it, it's really very impressive. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Um, and a, as I said before we went on air, maybe the, the point to start at is what it was it that you and Dan – what, what stimulated you to do this and embark on this adventure? And what was it? How, how did the conversations take place where, hey, let's let's embark on something that we're going to spend the next four years pulling our hair out uh, in the name of censorship resistant and decentralization? Um, I mean, wh- where did this all come from? Yeah, um, I mean, it comes from three speak, really, uh, which, and which comes from seeing the censorship starting to happen about four years ago and then three years ago we really went into it i started building three speak with a couple of the guys and then probably two weeks after we started three weeks after we'd launched the initial proof of concept dan got in touch and said hey this is really interesting 
how can I get involved in this? And then we ended up hitting it off. And you, you know, when you, it's like meeting you guys, you know, when you, when you end up talking to someone and you realize, oh, this guy's shares the right values, the same, same values as me. And we're trying to figure out a solution to this whole food bars situation. So that was one of the things is for, you know, Western civilization is based on free speech and you have to have a way to communicate via, well, in our case, via video. And so the really great solution for that because of the, the immutable accounts and then the text storage, so we could store, store uh, references and uh, descriptions to the blogs and to the vlogs in on the Hive blockchain and then the resource management system on there and the tokenomics and the way you can distribute rewards and Dan and I have got decent size stakes in Hive. So we can both use that to reward our users. So we started off there and, and then it became apparent that, you know, it, it, we needed more than that. We needed to, de to decentralize further to get ourselves, really get ourselves out of three speak altogether. And when I mean out of three speak altogether, I mean, you know, the website ultimately is it's a centralized website as all, all websites are, they can ultimately be shut down at some point. But when you start building things like desktop apps that run locally on your desktop, that feed into the chain, pull the data from the chain to the desktop, we can't influence that. You know, if people choose to run the desktop app for three speak locally on their, um, on their computer, that's going to access the chain and it's going to access the data on that. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop that. And that really is one of the powerful things about this technology. And then we started looking at, you know, the storage, how do we decentralize the storage? How do we decent? And then it was like, well, can we de decentralize all of the infrastructure that, that you need to run a video platform? And that's including the encoder side of things, because of course, when you put a video into um, an ecosystem, you have to encode it so that other people who, who are playing your videos in different formats can, can actually play the format that they need to their device. So you have to encode the video and then you have to upload it, and store it. So your storage is normally centralized, your encoding is normally centralized, and your, um, then your, your distribution, your CDN, sorry, your content delivery network is also a centralized service. And all of those are weak points that can be shut down. Um, so until that point, you know, 3Speak really had the, the hive because we don't run the accounts. We don't own anyone's accounts. We can't shut anyone's accounts down. And um, we had the resource management system there. The community creation was all done on hive. The distribution of rewards, the incentivization, the monetization was all done on hive. So that's all decentralized. But the actual content delivery, the encoder and the storage was centralized through 3Speak. And so Dan and I racked our brains for, it was at least a year and a half that we were talking about this. But we couldn't quite figure out what the best way to do it was and then uh, covid struck and i went to dance i, I just fled to mexico uh, when, <laughs> when they locked the uk down i was like screw this i'm off and they, they locked us down on november the 5th which is a very important national day for the english and we, i was very offended by the way they locked us down on that day so i was like well, well maybe they're not going to open the doors up, so i'm going to get out of here before they lock us down i went to mexico to see dan i stayed with dan for a little while and, and that was really where we spent about a month and we we got together and spent hours after hours talking about how we could use existing projects because we were, we were aware of Falcon, we were aware of our weave, and we were aware of various tokenomics models and, and also Odyssey and um, all sorts of other, you know, uh, theater network. Well, we'll we looked at them all and they're, they're all centralized in some way either by infrastructure or by tokenomics. And the problem is mostly they got the infrastructure right. They got the technology and infrastructure right most of these projects, which is great. And they're smart guys, you know, they're really um, like trailblazing technology. But nearly all of them released in the period where ICOs were a big deal and everyone was doing ICOs.
and the tokenomics of blockchain wasn't weren't really that good they weren't really strong enough and advanced enough to, to build a genuine sustainable ongoing content distribution network that incentivizes infrastructure incentivizes creators on an ongoing basis like some of them have got cap tokens so they can only distribute so many some most of them all of them i think put tokens in their own pockets to distribute which is an unregistered security straight away so if any of them become big they're going to get regulated or they're going to have to cut a deal of some sort um and so Dan and I were watching this and going, everyone's done this wrong. Everyone's done this wrong. And, and we also are running one of these from a centralized point of view, but we need to get ourselves out of it. So then we were like, well, how do we do this properly? So we realized that we, as long as we do it without an ICO and we distribute it to a, to a decentralized community like Hive, then we aren't the beneficiaries of the token, you know? And then we, uh, we can go into a little bit of the details of um, why we have a miner token, why we have a governance token, why we have a broker resource basically resource anti-spam token or utility token um but we designed this network around this and then we realized that we could run the infrastructure run the encoders run the uh, content delivery networks and run the um the storage system peer-to-peer outside of our control under the regulation of the community and so that's really where we, we realized that the speak network was starting to come about and, and it enabled dan and i if nothing else but to get out of free speak and give the power back to the community and really decentralize the whole video experience on Hive. And so that's where the, the, the Speak Network came about. And that was about probably two years, it was two years ago that we really wrote the, wrote the first light paper and finalized the conceptual conceptualization of the idea. So, okay, just to, to quickly summarize. So with YouTube, I sign up for YouTube. I, I, I go and I enter in my Google account. Obviously, being a Google account, they control the account. They have full domain, dominion over my account. Then I go and I log in with Google. I upload videos, and it's all on their infrastructure. So initially, 3Speak yes. was kind of hybrid. It was a step in the right direction because you used Hive accounts, which you did not control. Obviously, the account management system on Hive controls that, which means nobody controls it. However, when I log in with my Hive account, you can't zap my Hive account, but anything that I uploaded was under your domain. It was on your servers that, that you rent. So thus, you were centralized in the account, but you and, and the tokenomics and all that was through Hive. But the control of the videos, not only did you have control, it made you susceptible to, you know, copyright infringement or the government coming and saying, you got to take this stuff down because, you know, we just said so. So that made you guys vulnerable. And now Speak Network eliminates that not only for you guys. But for anybody who wants to utilize this technology, set up their own front end, set up their own video community, set up whatever they want, they're not vulnerable, correct? Yeah, almost, almost. I mean, that's what's being built. So we are, we're literally about to release a testnet for proof of access uh, in order to enable the incentivization of peer-to-peer -peer videos. So we have that running in the background. We're not quite ready to release yet. There's a couple more tweaks we need to do, but we are ready to test that almost. And so that's basically imminently happening. I don't know exactly when it will be, but it will be in the next few weeks for sure. Um, oh, okay. That is a massive, maybe if, massive step. Okay. Yeah. 
so we don't go forward accidentally. Uh, here, here's someone yeah, yeah, who's a good yeah. friend of the show. He's been on a number of times, and I think this is part of your your track record over the last at least year, maybe a little further. Uh, where did disregard fiat enter the picture and honeycomb? What where did that come about for Speak yeah. Network? Yeah, so originally when we conceptualized all of this, we did it all with pay plays. Um, and um, the whole plan was to do the whole project with plays, the tokenomic side, the wrapping of the token side, the infrastructure side. Um, and they seem great, they've got some great guys on their team. Um, but just before we did the initial token drop, which was January last year, it was this time last year, it was actually January the 6th um, last year in 2022. So if you held Hive on that day, you got access to the Larynx Miner token drop, so you can claim Larynx Miner tokens every month. So we, we launched that in January, but it, it went wrong just be, while we're in the testing phase, just, just about now, right right the, the Christmas period. And the, the peer place chain uh, didn't manage to update and it didn't work. So we were kind of left in a lurch because we were like, holy shit, we promised the community we we're going to drop on this date and we can't do it. We can't do the drop, you know? So we, we were kind of scrabbling for hard fear from the honeycomb side, the honeycomb technology side had been in a lot of our meetings and listening to what was going on. And when he realized that this was going to be a problem for us, uh, that we weren't going to be able to meet the what we promised the community and drop on the day that we promised, which was, I think, the 28th of January. Um, he said, give me one more month and I'll build something that will allow you to do the token drop. Uh, and so that was basically the only option that we had. Well, we had a few different options, but it was the one that we really wanted to go for. And we realized that what he's built is a layer two on Hive that to do these tokenomic systems really, really, really lightweight. So all the important things stay on Hive, like the tokenomics, uh, sorry, like the account system, the resources, the content, the communities, everything like that, but the actual decks and the um, the tokenomics and the transaction layer goes on layer two on Honeycomb, which basically Honeycomb is the technology that we use to build the Speak Network uh, blockchain, which is a layer two on Hive. And it's really good because it means it's really easy to run a layer two node to run a node on the Speak Network because it doesn't need all this heavy duty data like like Hive does, and not that Hive's even that lightweight. Sorry, not the, not the hives even that heavy. It's really lightweight as it is, but on top of that, you can run these layer twos that are super lightweight. So now like, people can just run them on a $5 on the server. We have 60 node operators that have stepped up to run after disregard rule this out. And it's just been really, I mean, we're really lucky because it really was, uh, we, we ended up in a bit of a bind with what happened with peer plays. I don't, I don't want to be negative towards peer plays either. I think they did a great job. It's just that their chain didn't, didn't quite work when it needed to work. And they've still got a part of the scope of the work, but we've moved the majority of the tokenomics across to disregard and, pay and um, honeycomb after that happened because it really was the solution that we needed at the time. I, I got an interesting question, and this is on a, you know, I'm kind of the marketing guy, I guess you would call me. And I'm always fascinated with, uh, obviously you have a presence on Twitter, you guys are out there. But one of the things that you said, you know, speak was kind of being built here years ago and since then you've seen people get blacklisted on youtube and the twitter files are out now like i mean there's so much just this is rampant but then you start seeing people recommend blockchain based and i'm gonna put it in bunny ear quotes you know video mm -hmm. solutions and it's usually mm -hmm. the, the the rinse and repeat the the odysseys the uh the, you know whichever one 
three speak is always mentioned, uh, but it, there seems to be a push towards these. I'm not going to say centralized because that's not what we, I'm trying to. We get call at. them web two. We call them web two point five. They're not quite web three. Right, and that's what I wanted to get at. How how is is it frustrating for you to see people still in that mindset, even though they're recommending these things? Or do you take this as like an opportunity, like, hey, three speak and speak network as a whole is gearing up for some pretty big and important stuff here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's frustrating to see the, the blockchain community completely miss this. Um, well, not completely, because we do have a really strong hype community, which is great. But in terms of being able to provide the real solution. That people really need that can't be regulated but by the community itself um this is it and we're the only ones that have built it in the way that that, that prevents it from being um, regulated and so you see with uh like they just got regulated by the sec you get too big you did yourself an ico i think had a 50 percent pre-mine don't quote me in the exact numbers but it was a big pre-mine and that's an unregistered security. You can't you can't do that without raising the attention of the US government and giving them a real good, easy path to sue you, which is what's happened. And that project's really gonna suffer as a result of that. They'll either have to cut a deal with the US government to regulate themselves, or they'll have to be delisted from exchanges, or they will have to, um, well, the value, so it's not great for, their, for their, the economics or ecosystem. But we knew, as soon as we saw it, we, we've always been saying, this is going to happen. Because once you release a in your own pocket, it's an unregistered security. You cannot give yourself any tokens, zero tokens, um, unless you drop into a community in which you already have tokens, in which case you drop into... A lot of people have got a lot of larynx minor tokens, for example, that have never worked a day on the project, but because they held high, right. they can the larynx tokens and they've got those tokens. And that's to ensure that it's a decentralized distribution. Um, and I don't understand why. I mean, I do. It's the <laughs> it's the human natured action of well, I'm building a product, so I want to I want to put a load of I want to make a load of money. Yeah, it's it's partly driven by greed. It's partly driven by a genuine attempt to greed and control. Yeah, it gives them control, but it's also driven by genuine attempt for people to raise funding for themselves. I also get that they get stuck in the funding trap. But that's not the way to do it with this technology. You are supposed to do it decentralized funding. Bitcoin didn't didn't give itself any money. You know, no one working on Bitcoin gave themselves money. They they mined the tokens, they earned the tokens. And this is the thing, this is the, the key word here is earn. You have to have a system in which you earn the tokens. And this is what we set up on the Speak Network this year when we dropped the tokens. Um, and so we earn our tokens. We never gave ourselves any. We can do that because we fund from the hive down. We from a decentralized there we have we put the the, the product there we, we proposal we spent many 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 months working on it um and we managed to get the approval of the community to do this um else seems to realize that that's how you're going to get icos and you're going to get vcs coming in and now, now here's the distinguishing factor this is why i think a lot of projects have got the attention of their capital in them and the vc capital if it got in before the rest of the community did it is not aligned with the community members buying the token in the open market because the VC got in early and they're now trying to look for exit liquidity. Well, that's the problem with these ICOs. They don't, they don't like, and that's why the SEC got a point, you know, uh, whereas when you do an equal fair airdrop or a, or a start at zero mining price where everyone has to mine, everyone that got in, no one got a special price, you know, the VCs didn't get any benefit over the over the other guys because they had to buy it off the open market or earn it by mining. 
And if for some reason, no one has followed this, you know, and I don't, I don't want to bitch about the projects too much. It is frustrating to watch as many people drive traffic to those projects, partly because the VCs have got a decent chunk of those projects. The US government or the powers that be can see that they're easily controlled projects, right? Whereas on this one, it's not going to be controlled by anyone. No one. I remember he put out a tweet a couple of years ago saying um, there will only be one one owner of the means to free speech in the future or something along those lines I'm paraphrasing but we replied saying there will there will there must be no owner there must be no owner to the layer one that runs the infrastructure upon which free speech will be secured otherwise it's not free speech you know and, and no one seems to have understood that this is the point of this technology this technology is here to be run to build these systems in a decentralized way so that there is no owner, so it's an ownerless layer one that can't be regulated, but by the community itself. And so, but we're getting there, you know. And so, to me, when I, when I see these other projects getting traffic, I, I honestly find at this point because yeah, it's frustrating that we didn't get get go viral like they did at the time, and we tried a lot to get it to happen, but it, I mean, partly the sort of process hindered us, which is being fixed. We can talk about that in the next one. Um, but the uh, yeah, just. The way I look at it, you know, you always got to try and put a positive, you know, bring it to a positive outcome. And it's like, well, it's given us more time to develop in the background while everyone else is getting the attention, everyone else is getting looked at. And some of these laws are getting rolled out now. It's very unlikely that we're going to get hampered by any of that because we're flying under the radar somewhat. Mm -hmm. But everyone knows we're still there. Everyone still knows that we're ticking away and we're, we're doing what we're doing. And it's going to be very, very, very difficult to shut down if if, if possible at all by the time that we get to this uh, place we're ready to really push it and I, i'm quite looking forward to it because it means that we will have a fully completed product when ready to push this you know um and so, so yeah i mean it's frustrating but it's a, a secret weapon in some ways because it puts you under the radar and lets you the way and solve the solve the things properly and as long as we're building the foundation properly which we absolutely are then i've got no problem because i feel very good about the fact that we're releasing a genuine product that will benefit thousands and thousands of people because patients using this technology in the way that it should have been used all along without ICOs, without premium, without CEOs, without companies that can be regulated. It's ownerless technology and that's what this needs to be. And it, the, the, the distinguishing thing for me and Dan as well is that we have the infrastructure incentivized. So the peer-to-peer -peer infrastructure operators can earn money and they can be voted in that the key, the key infrastructure, which is the validators on the content side, they can be voted in by the community. So there'll be 20 of them initially, um, and they'll be voted in by the community, completely outside of our control, you know? And then they will um, be able to self-sustain based on the economic model of the speed network. To, um, as the network effect grows, the demand for the token will grow, and that will grow the price of the token. Uh, and so it kind of goes along with itself as it grows, the token price demand increases. And that should then self-sustain the infrastructure operators who remain individuals from a community. There is no community. There is no company behind these um, infrastructure operators. There's no, no big conglomerate. There's no compromised entity. There's no regulatable entity. There's just individual people who partly, some are anonymous, some are public, and they are members of the community and they'll be elected in by the community itself. That can be, it is incredibly hard to regulate is you know incredibly robust and stable and can self-sustain because the protocol incentivizes these people to run the infrastructure and this is again is another mistake that we're seeing all over web web 2.5 you know 
that they, they've they've stopped believing in the idea. They believe in incentivizing, for example, the Bitcoin layer, but then the Lightning layer won't won't incentivize the nodes. They don't believe in incentivizing the nodes on the Lightning layer. End up with a scenario where the most popular nodes will have to figure out a way to fund themselves as they get traffic that's so high they cost them a lot of money. And they'll just go back to the old Web2 model of mining people's data, turning people's accounts on and off, advertisements, things like that. Whereas once you can use the protocol to incentivize the infrastructure providers, you can change the economic model completely because you don't need to then rely upon ads. You don't need to incentivize and sustain, self-sustain. You're relying on the demand uh, generated by the services being provided. And as long as you've got a self-sustaining token model that does that, then it works. But none of these projects have done that. They, they really haven't. And, I mean, it's, it's a shame to see, but at the same time, it humbles me because, I, you know, we haven't been doing this properly and taking away. And so I, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. I, I, I use it as a, a positive, really, because it gives us a chance to really do this properly. So just follow up on, on John's question there and what you said. You, you did express some feelings, but if we could move up a little bit to a philosophical level, if you will. It's obvious by by the words that you and Dan have put out for, for a number of years, plus your actions. You guys hold as values censorship resistant, decentralized, distributed, open source, freedom. All these are, are values that sure. we can attribute to what you guys have said and, and what you guys have done. And you obviously talked about this for years and years and years. Uh, Dan's made, you know, who knows how many videos on Hive talking about it. And as John was saying, we, we not only saw the Facebook and, and the, the YouTube uh, censoring of accounts and, and taking stuff down. Now the Twitter files coming out, you know, we see how deep this stuff goes, how government and the alphabet agencies are involved. And what I want to know is how do you feel from the philosophical standpoint, from the value standpoint? Yes, I, I understand it's frustrating to see these other apps get the attention and three speaks overlooked, but ignoring that, not only do you feel vindicated, but like you said, you feel excited and, and you're turning into a positive, but it kind of, to me, is sitting here saying, well, see, guys, I told you so. I mean, you guys were very early. You saw it clearly. You knew what was going to happen. You talked about it. You took action on it. And here we sit at the end of 2022, and people are blowing their minds that the U.S. government in the White House and two different White Houses was influencing what was censored on Twitter and not, and whatnot. That has to be an eye opener, and that has to really say that really has to send chills up your spine. That says, "Thank God we're doing this." Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, it is very vindicating. I, I, to be honest with you, I've, I have stopped following a lot of the media narrative around things. It's, it's becoming so cloudy these days. Um, but it, you're right. Recently, it has come out that there's a lot of influence from the the alphabet agencies inside of these platforms. And then the next question has to be well, what's stopping that from happening inside of your platform? What exactly is it that your platform does that's different to YouTube and what stops it from being infiltrated? Like, I mean, it's nice to see Elon Musk uh, kick, kick a bit of ass on Twitter. But at the same time, the left is now feeling, was feeling the pain. And it's just a classic, a classic scenario of, well, now you're being regulated by the rules that you put in place and you don't like it being done to yourself. Well, that's kind of you're eating your own dog food at that point. It was coming. But 
our our point is well that shouldn't be possible in the first place there shouldn't ever be able to be we should never be able to find ourselves in a scenario where there's one guy who has the ability to do this or you know reg over regulate one side or the other it's just it, it uh, now that this technology has been here and this been this technology's been here for six years it's not new you know and the point of this is that the message that we want is twitter for an example everything that is a public commons good can be moved outside of twitter on an ownerless layer that no controls right and once we have that so this for example is the account system on high for example they should move the twitter accounts outside of the control of twitter and put them onto an ownerless layer that no one can control so that everyone in the world has a right to have a twitter account or a social media account and then twitter and they can remove the rest as well the followers lists the content they can all go on ownerless layers so that Twitter can focus on providing a great user experience, which is what it really is. It's a platform that's supposed to provide a great user, user experience. It's just that the Web2 model from old allows these companies to, and requires these companies to run and maintain the, the account systems in a centralized way, privately in their own infrastructure, which is then regulatable and then commandeerable by the alphabet agencies. Right. Well, this technology allows us to remove that problem. It allows us to solve that problem and move that to an ownerless layer that's outside the control of the platform and then outside of the control of the regulation of the alphabet agencies. And then, therefore, by default, give right, a right to own their social media account, a right to post. And we see this, we, we're building this. You know, we are building this. Um, and slowly but surely in the background, I'm. I'm I'm just enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It gives me more inspiration to keep doing it. Um, and even if it doesn't blow up and go crazy, it really doesn't matter because we know we've done the right thing. by. And then people can choose to use it voluntarily if they wish, you know, and if they don't, it's also fine. You know, they make a lot of people like the convenience. They like to be able to be regulated. Um, that's up to that's up to them. You know, but we're freedom maximalists and we believe that everyone should have the right to have their own account and not be able to be cancelled and have the infrastructures running that technology be able to be incentivized so that they can stay afloat without being commandeered by the alphabet agencies or without having to register a company and become a regulatable entity so we, we're doing it we've done a couple more things to do which we can go into the next episode when we talk about the future of this um and i'm i'm very very proud of what, what we've done and i think it's even if it isn't the thing that's used, I, I genuinely think there is only one model that can be used here, genuinely, that actually provides the services of a free, a free true, decentralised Web3. Um, I don't see another model, model out there that's capable of doing it, to be honest. I, um, I know I, this is for me personally, when I, I start hearing the talking heads and the influencers you know, yapping about Web3, they're yapping about, you know, true decentralization and this, that, and then they'll throw some of the top 20 tokens out there about this is where the Web3 lives. And part of me as a, as a hive maximalist, it, I, I, it's almost egotistical, even though I shouldn't be, but it's just like, I, I'm telling myself, like, we got it all here. We, we really do. And, and one day, whenever that day will be, people will wake up. And they'll see kind of like what you guys have been saying since day one with this, with the, with the video platform stuff is like, all of this stuff is centralized. There's, there's fail points here and it's going to happen. And it did. Yeah. So I don't know if that's something we as hive maximalists have to calm down a little, but that whole told you so stuff. It's like, I sit there and tell myself like, man, what, what, there's nothing out there 
that even comes close to this. And then on top yeah. of that, Speak is being built upon it. Nothing comes close at all. Yeah. And do you think that's us being, you know, just egotistical or is it truly there's nothing else out there like this? No, I, I, well, the closest thing that comes to it is people are in their own federated which is where you, you know, anyone can run a server, anyone can copy anyone else's server and make sure the accounts get copied across. And so it is really hard to delete um, the accounts. And so people can have their own kind of web 2.5 accounts, but ultimately once, whilst there's no incentivization of that infrastructure, once, whilst there's no token to incentivize in a scenario where they will have to default if they become popular to the old web two models, and then you get back to the old web two system if the advertisers haven't control corruption people mining people data it's just logically obvious where it's going and we've been right on everything else so far so that's why we won't be right on it um and so i, I, I would never call myself personally a hide max agnostic i am trying to build this in such a way that any other chain can 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 use this so we have surround accounts it was about six months ago in the test phase uh, which means you can log in with your your uh, metamask account and post to an indexer that shares, mixes both Hive on-chain content and off-chain content. Um, and we think that's really important for the onboarding process. That's going to make the onboarding process way easier. It's a work in progress at the moment, but it's coming out. Um, and that's effectively the same model that everyone else is using. It's it's Jack Dorsey's Web 5, or what we call Web 2.5, which is where it's off-chain accounts, which we think most posting will be done through in the future. Um, because when you want to post on-chain size better, you've got to expend resources and the resources should in theory if the thing scales become expensive um so you're going to need an off-chain system for onboarding and for ease of posting and for posting things off-chain um which is what all these guys are building it's federated nodes anyone can run a copy of it they can then but then they can also censor people's accounts through their nodes as well you know there's no requirement to keep people's accounts online like there is when you, if you want to mine hive you have to make sure that everyone's account stays on stay online you have to run the same copy of the protocol whereas on federated you can copy the protocol and then mo modify it in your own way so that you can delete people's accounts for example and that's what we'll start seeing at some point and like you were saying what about this why are we shouting about this are we wrong no we're not wrong at all it's just really hard to explain these abstract con concepts to people uh, we are free. I would call myself a freedom maximalist, and um, to explain this, when all these other people have got vested interests and they've put their own time and energy in these other systems that are really Web 2.5, the only way they're ever going to really learn is when they finally get hit by the inevitable thing that's coming to them. Right? Uh, that might take a number of years. It might take a number of years. Inevitably, this will start to happen. You will get a scenario where these chains will either become centralized, regulated or their off-chain Fediverses will become corrupt or have to start mining people's data or have to think of another way to raise money that isn't built into the protocol because they refuse to build token systems that's, that, that incentivize these, these infrastructure operators. And so eventually it will become clear we, we will be able to sit in any debate. And we, we already can. This is the thing that I'm very, very confident about. We can win any debate against anyone in crypto because there's no way any of them can devise a method in which to shut this down. Whereas we can always divide methods to shut other models down. Um, as I've just explained, you know, uh, info mining advertisement systems, they're going to have to have them all and they, they won't, whereas on high, because of the, the tokenomics been built and based the, the value of the tokens based on the scaling of the network, as the network gets popular, the, the price of the token will go up. It's just, 
inherent within the system. No one seems to have realized that yet. And if someone else does build that, but I don't see anyone else even trying. Um, and so that's going on. I, I feel confident that anybody, anybody and explains to them why one doesn't quite achieve the Web3 utopia that they think it does. Um, and why we have built will help them do that. And I don't want this to be a competition. I, I want Bitcoin on Hive bouncing around half for free. There's no reason we can't do exactly what the Lightning Network does way, way more efficiently, way cheaper. Free, free. Um, there's no reason that we can't have Ethereum tokens on Hive. And we're trying to build this with peer players at the moment. You're having a few contractual issues, but we're, we're trying our best to get that built. Um, there's no reason that we can't have um, just kind of pure, free, pure, genuine ownership of content and accounts on, on Web3 on Hive. Um, and so it's going to, someone somewhere is going to call this out. And there's two ways we do this. To me, I don't feel like I'm ready to go hardcore into it yet because I feel like we need the off-chain account system built for the easy onboarding first. I feel like it would be nice to have proof of access, at least in testnet, and hopefully actually release live before we start sharing about this. But once a few of those things are out, and then we've got the CDN nodes to come out as well, and a few of the changes we'll, we'll talk about in the next episode in terms of what's coming up. Um, but once those are out, I mean, I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops. I'm going to be calling people out. And we, we, there's a few ways to do that. Calling these people out on their feed random with hiding and saying this shit, you know or this this is this is going to end up like this prove me wrong you know we should we should be calling these people out but i feel I, I still feel good that it's not viral yet because i feel like like we've got a chance to really make this work well and then it well i i think uh what you said before what, and what we're talking about with with the years ago that you 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 watch this and you forecast it with each passing month that goes by that allows us to strengthen our position because we are still flying under the radar. And the more infrastructure we build and the more nodes we get into place on, on the second layer and decentralized node system and, and the more censorship resistant distribution of the token and all that stuff, the, the, the better off we are. And it's interesting with, with going back to Elon and Twitter, you know, Elon may be a, a benevolent dictator, but he's still a dictator. It's still Twitter, right, you know, right. and so right. they still have control of your account. They still have control of your data. And what you mentioned was very important. Even if they started to, to move some of this stuff over, the simple fact of the matter is without the incentivization of your infrastructure, you have to monetize something somehow to pay for that. There's just no way around it. And, and in this world, in the Internet world, it's traditionally been advertising and, and, and data. Uh, or you end up falling like you were talking about with the Lightning Network, where your biggest liquidity providers might be Chase, who then, you know, will start to to take all the data and they'll use that as non-boarding for other services and hit you with Chase ads and all that other crap. But guess who Chase is willing to answer to? The government, the alphabet agencies. Um, so right. I think that's a very important concept. And why would you say that other people who are running these projects, like you were talking about the federated um, servers, why do they resist incentivizing infrastructure? I, I've seen you and, and Dan talk about it on Twitter. And, and why do you think there is that resistance? I think partly it's because they don't realize how important it is. 
I genuinely think people don't see. They just say, oh, well, anyone can run a node and it'll be fine as long as anyone can run a node, which which you know, it's like um, it's almost like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, it's like it really is a genuinely idea. But it, even further than what you said about Chase running a node uh, taskmaster, it's, it doesn't even have to be them. It's like any old Tom, Dick and Harry that runs one of these nodes that becomes popular. They're going to have to figure out a way to get the money to run the node. And that's when they start to get compromised. And when it comes to how do we have a, a protocol that incentivizes these, these, these infrastructures, I honestly don't know why, why someone hasn't even played with that. The slogan to the Speed Network is incentivizing Web3 infrastructure. So we really are doing that. And we re it really is one of our core things. Um, and I, don't, I haven't seen another project that's really thought about how to incentivize Web3. And part of it also is because you know, every other crypto is a scam. So there's no possible way that any other crypto could do what Bitcoin's done for, for transactions. And I'm like, well, yeah, it can, it can, it can. I agree most of the cryptos are a scam and most of the cryptos even even un unknowingly have been set up as scams because they've got these ICOs and that people have moved the tokens in their own pockets and now they're unregistered securities and they're gonna get regulated. Um, it seems to have really gone down the route of it's like two camps. It's like the maxes won't do because they believe in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, if you believe in Bitcoin, you believe only the miners should get incentivized. It's a limit. So you can't incentivize other, other infrastructure types because the maxes won't change away from just in, incentivizing mines, which I find really strange. I find that a really strange model to follow. And then the other projects are often ICOs and scams, and they will be regulated what they do. They're going to end up in a difficult scenario. Um, there are other projects coming up, bouncing around that I've heard, but they're all very, very small and very, very early days. Um, so I, I don't really know. It, it's a to me, I find it really, really weird. I find it really strange that Ready and is actually competing in this area, and I find it even stranger that no one really recognises that this is a really crucial, important thing to be able to do. Um, I guess it's because no one's really suffered from the consequences of it yet. But that will become apparent, I'm, I'm sure. And it could happen tomorrow. One of these nodes could go viral tomorrow. I mean, we've already seen a couple of the nodes get a lot. I think it's um, it Mastodon, where like 2% of the nodes have got 90% of the traffic or something. And, that, and that, now they're all saying, we need to fund. How do we fund? We need to do advertisements or we need to do data mining to, to, to fund our projects. And it, it, you're going down the exact same route. You go, you're going back to the route that you were trying to solve in the first place. You know, that is because the infrastructure is not provided. Uh, Itty bitty little people like us in the ecosystem, individual people who are renowned and respected from the ecosystem. It's run by, because what happens is when you know it gets big and gets lots of traffic and you're a, you're a registered company because you're making money off it, you have to be a registered company, then you're regulatable. You know, you are shut downable. And, uh, I, um, to me, it's obvious. Maybe the, I think it, it will become obvious when it when the consequences of it start happening, and, and, and then again, and then again, it will be our chance to, to, and hopefully this time we'll be ready. We'll be ready to go viral at that point. And when I say also, I don't just mean the speed network. I mean the whole hive community. We'll be in a position to go and call these people out and say, "Look, we've been telling you this for years. You've been ignoring it, and we just have to hammer them. We have to hammer them when it when it comes up, and it might take like a while tomorrow, and then they'll." start funding and the funding will compromise them and then we can go any everywhere and hold our heads high and say look we did this right we knew this was going to happen here's the post that we posted about six months ago a year ago here's us calling this out 
and here's what's happened and we've called this right and by the way we've also built we've also been building and working on solutions to this and if you want to uh, if you don't you can go on and build your own cop copy the model maybe I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that um but at some point someone's got to start recognizing that this is that they're going going about it in a web 2.5 way and not a true web 3 way for sure my, my last question as we look back you mentioned the the problem with peer plays and disregard and and honeycomb stepping up uh to, to expose some of your dirty laundry, if you will. Were there any other challenges for 2022 with Speak Network that were major pitfalls, uh, obstacles that you didn't expect yeah. and that kind of maybe delayed some things? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to mention, I think it's great that we managed to get working with Honeycomb and it's a, really a blessing in disguise in some ways. Discard's done a great job. Um, and it's like, enabled him to develop his projects as well. and. It's enabled peer players to focus on other things that they wanted to focus on more, more closely. So you know, there's there's silver lines to it all. Um, it's definitely a, it was definitely a setback and a difficult thing. None of this stuff goes perfectly. You know, it never goes to plan. Um, but the, the the point is that when you have a good team around you and you you can think on your feet and find the best solution, it, a lot of the stars often align because you've set up the conditions in which the stars can align. It kind of came out better than it would have, in my opinion. But it was a pain in the ass when it happened. The other thing that's happened as well is we've had um, trouble with developers where some developers have found other have done and have stayed on the project a little bit uh, part-time or very part-time. And so we haven't made as much dev progress as we really hoped. Uh, it's been it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating because I'm, I'm not a developer. I'm just the guy that knows the technology and I'm able to make Sometimes when, you know, there's only so many developers in the world and there's only so many that know about this tech and there's only so many that really want to build it. Um, and so when we had the last boom, you used a few of the devs maybe chase some of the higher money jobs where they've, these projects receive the big ICOs and they've got the VC back. We're, we're a humble project. We don't pay our developers like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every month. We pay what the DAO pays us to distribute around a team of about six or seven devs. Um, some are more full-time, some are part-time. But the good news is that over the last sort of three months to get a solid team of devs together. And we actually have that now. It takes about three months to onboard people and get them familiar with the project and everything. But we now have six devs working on the project and they're all smart guys. They all get the tech. They're all working on the different areas of the project. And we've got Sagar working on uh, the mobile app. He's been amazing. He's also helping run 3Speak. So once you start on 3Speak, he's one of the guys that's really helped manually keep that going. And by the way, in, in the last week, we have fixed most of those problems. So I'm touch wood. The encoder issue should be done with now. We should be. We should have got to the root of those by now. There's still a few. Yeah, me and, me and Baltech have gotten big buddies. Good. Uh, this is what I love. Though I love. I love like the super the super users. Let's say they like you talking to the devs directly and figuring out ways to make the experience better. Because well, this this was part of it. Um, you know, Voltec has always been available. We've been busy for things and but. He, he's on board full now, disregards full speed. He's been doing a cracking job for the last eight months anyway. Um, we've got Sagar, we've got a guy called Igor on the team from Brazil. He's a young dev, but he's very smart, very keen to learn. We've got another guy called SQ Hell, who's come in in the last couple of months. He's an OG crypto guy from back in 2012. Um, so, he, so he knows his stuff. And it's just all starting to come together. Um, I'm really, really enjoying the team that we've got around us. To your credit, and we, I can Eddie see the progress. Great, Eddie's a great liaison to them because anytime I have a problem, if 
I don't get a response. I just contact Eddie. He, he says, yeah, I already he notified is the devs. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, yeah. he, he he's a machine, he's a dev. He really helps keep things running in between. In between, I mean, for me, it's it's difficult coordinating everything, and and it's a lot of behind the scenes work that no one really sees. Uh, Telegram groups and all the, the the Discord groups and things, and chatting to the, the people having issues as well. On top of that, is a lot. And Eddie really does a great job in out with that, and he's really on the ball with it, and really appreciate what he does. And Dan brings his expertise and his um, poke, uh, and he's of course his impeccable crypto knowledge to the project, uh, and some of yeah. his support. So, so we've got a really good team now. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you now, like it, it feels a bit like there's not much happening at the moment because of the like dead. But because the team's really ramped up again over the last couple of months, we're going to start to see a lot of things come out over the next few weeks. And I really feel like there's going to be a few things just one after the other come out. And I wish it wasn't like that, but that's kind of the nature of dev work sometimes, you know. Um, and we, my most important thing is we've started, we've made significant progress, and you can see it in our um, setup. Um, we've made significant progress in the new web version, open source of 3speak.tv, and that's what we will run. We can't run it right now because it's not, not finished. See the work, it's, it's an updated version it's got latest technology it's much smoother it, the whole thing's rebuilt it's in a much cleaner language it's open source as well so anyone can contribute to it um, and i'm really one two months or so a lot of things are going to follow on the back of that because that's really the core to the whole thing you know the actual app um and so that that will allow allow us to properly distribute storage it allows to properly integrate anyone running their own nodes uh, the login systems that we've really struggled with over the last couple of years we'll be able to finish that off the encoding's working smooth things are coming things are coming together and it's you know in the next six months or so i'm, I'm really excited to see a few, a few things come out and these devs are really starting to get working together they're putting uh, they've all got a standardized way of writing the, the readmes inside the files it, it explains what you need to run together to get, get one so new devs can come in more easily and understand what's going on without talking to the old devs um we've got a nice track system set up where we've got a project management strategy back there now some of the teams have that but now that we've got six and seven devs we we've we really need to have that going and that's all coming together as well they're all trying to work together to assign it it's nice to see so i'm, I'm really I, I mean i'm seeing it happen but I, we don't see any physical results yet but over the next few weeks we'll actually see it now. i'm really excited about that well, that sounds like a good good place to start our next conversation. What do you think, John? You got any questions? Any questions from the peanut gallery for Matt? No, I just would love to say that uh, I heard a, a Scrabble word today. Unshutdownable? Is that what I heard? Or, or sh <laughs> shutdownable? Or was, was that me? Was that me? So yeah, that was great. Unshutdownable. Unshutdownable. I love it. That was like, <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, I'm, I'm, re I'm going to remember that. Uh, no, dude, yeah. I appreciate you stopping by, and, yeah. and and next week will be a lot of fun to see uh, uh, the the forecast for 2023 here on uh, on Speak Network. And uh, I mean, you know, Task uh, is is a is a very like you said a super user. Uh, you know, I I don't use anything else. I mean, you know, Three Speak is my is my my home for sure for the video stuff. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, can't wait, man, to to hear what you got in the new year for us. So there you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's lots of little interesting things. I'll, I'll make a few. You know, hopefully, excite you guys. Because there, there are a 
lot of interesting things coming out and I'm, yeah, I'm excited, especially for this stuff. Um, and the fact it's built properly, you know, and yeah. at a certain point we were where guys like you can sit there and say, we've been using this stuff for three years. Where the hell were you going for sure? Yeah. It's unshutdownable. I love it. It's unshutdownable. Well, and the other the other cool thing about three speak and, and I sent out a tweet about this and John, you and I talked about this, you know, on YouTube, you have to get a thousand users and like 10,000 hours of viewing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like on three speak, you post it, you can get rewarded with your first mm-hmm. video. And, you know, with Eddie running around with the three speak account, if you keep posting sooner or later, you're going to appear on his radar and there may be a, a bit of an upvote. And okay, you're not going to get rich off of it, but you know, it's a lot better than trying to build a following on YouTube. Yeah. Well, yeah. I see. I would love to see a way. To, by the way, and I would love to see a way because we we have our own type of training feed. Eddie manually create manually. We have a bot, effectively an analytics curated second feed, which is our trending feed, which is based on views and like comments and interactions and things like this um so uh, the new the new posts that come out are on there and then we have first time posts right well i'd love to see about a way that we could maybe integrate a views feed in there so so it shows on the three speak platform with maybe a views logo in there somewhere that gives credit back to you guys maybe there's a link that can click back to the view so use system to allow our users to self-curate their videos so they, and then figure out mm-hmm. a way that we can make those video feeds open source that any other platform, platforms that want to spin themselves up can can use those types of feeds. And I don't know exactly how it works maybe, but we, maybe we separately on how we could uh, build some of the benefits you and benefits the community and at least not through speak up. I'd be really, really interested to see if there's a way that we could do that. That, that sounds like a Blaine Voltec discussion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Blaine Voltec thing. I just dance on camera, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's like it's like yeah. they'll be saying, "Oh, the guys had a, a thirty-second chat month job in the back end for the devs." You know, like, yeah. The guys had a thirty-second chat at work. <laughs> they'll, they'll either say that's not possible, or they'll say, "Oh, that's easy. Okay, we know what to do." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyways, well, we we uh, there's, there's there's other interoperability to talk to you about in the next video as well. I think you'd be really interested. In that oh, well. it's it's perfect. I'm looking forward to it, man. I hope everyone listening in too. Um, once again, Starkers from uh, Three Speak and Speak Network. Thank you, sir, for all you do, and uh, appreciate you. And uh, looking forward to next week in the new year. We won't see you till the next year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, gents. <laughs> You too, man. Really interesting one for sure. Ciao, all. Later. All right. Laters. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.